we belong in the playoffs and running for a championship. Matthews delivers! Bound your chest, Saskatchewan! Robbed by Penny! Dilts knocks him down with the left! It's Rush Hour Podcast. Cody Jansen with you, presented by Original 16, the best beer in the game. Follow me on Twitter at Janner on PXP. Connect with me there. If you got any thoughts, let us know. Use the hashtag Rush Nation all season long. Join now. Broadcast partner, color commentator, the one and only John Fraser. He doesn't need an introduction. So, John, how excited are you? We're finally at game week. It's the best. I honestly, Cody, ever since you and I began podcasting together semi-regularly this summer, I can tell you that 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 started building the excitement. And then I sat down with Tyler and he actually said, do you want to be a part of this? And I said, of course I do. Uh, I've been a part of this before. I've missed it every single day since I left. And now we're what it's, it's a, it's a Monday night game nights on Saturday. And I'm just, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be back in that building. I'm ready to be back in the booth. I'm ready to be on the pregame show with, with you and Sabine who we had Sabine until technical difficulties were like, no. So don't, don't go around starting that. There's this beef in the broadcast crew. Her computer just wasn't working tonight. So, um, yeah, we'll have all of us ready to go on the pregame show at the bowl. And I'm the kind of guy I'm an over planner. So as you could tell from the wall of text I've sent you today that, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I plan when I'm excited and I am just, I'm, I'm stoked. It's, it's, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm thrilled. I'm pumped. Uh, as, as the great line from the big short said, I am jacked to the tits. Well, broadcaster secret, and you should know as a podcaster, you don't tell them what day we record on, but that's okay. We'll give you a strike <laughs> one. We'll let it fly. Yes, we will get Sabine on a podcast here in a week or two as well. Catch up with her in her off season. Can't wait to be back on Saturday. Pre-game show, 6 o'clock on the bull if you want to listen. Face-offs at 7.30. Tickets still available against the Colorado Mammoth last year's NLL champions. Mm, what a mm. matchup. And, and again, we'll dive into it a little bit later on, but we also had final rosters come out this week and that's what we're here. It's the round table. We are going yep. to talk all things Saskatchewan rush and we might as well start with the goaltenders since I don't have to list too many there. Lane <laughs> Rushka is going to be on the practice roster. Alex Bouquet and Eric Penny. Are your two goaltenders starting the season on the active roster? Cameron Dunkerley has been released. Now I'll get your thoughts before I give mine, John. Yeah, I I I I really wish they could have found a way to hold on to Dunkerley, but I guess there's just no way to do it. I mean, Rushka is is a first round caliber kind of guy. He was taken in the first round of the NLL draft. I've seen him firsthand. I've called his junior A games with a SWAT. The kid's a phenomenal talent, but. I mean, even more so in lacrosse goaltending, like especially at this level, you need seasoning time. Uh, to me, listening to your broadcast from Calgary, I think anybody that was worried about goaltending coming in doesn't need to worry. Like from what we read about, neither of us were in Toronto, but everybody we spoke to said that both Bouquet and Penny looked great. And then listening to you on the on the app uh great call by the way bro montana uh that is that's my nickname for cody too that's coming out now um but yeah i don't think i, I like 
I think they were better than expected. I, I, I think we kind of expected a guy that could just hold the fort. And it sounded like for large stretches of that game that Bouquet and Penny were stealing it from the Calgary Roughnecks. Like, am I wrong there? And here's the thing about that. I wouldn't say stealing it, but going save for save with Christian Del Bianco, who is, if not the best goaltender in the world, one of the top mm-hmm. three. And I think top three isn't debatable because I'll put Vino and Wardo in that conversation as well. But CDB is one of the best. And Eric Penny in overtime made three saves that were just absolutely stellar. Like, yeah, Del Bianco made the fancy save and the Roughnecks are going to put it out there and they'll pump his tires. That's fine. Hey, we kind of left out the three that Saskatchewan's goaltender made. At end of the day, that's the reason why you win. Because if you get three saves from your goaltender in overtime, that means you're generally getting three possessions after that. And Marty Dinsdale made him pay, but none of it does happen if your goaltender isn't absolutely clutch, which Eric Penny was. And Alex Bouquet was great in that opening half as well. He allowed yeah. three. They didn't, he didn't get any run support. They got shut out in the first which, half. Which, when did you ever see that? What was the last time you saw it in the NLL? A team I, I don't even know the there. last time I've seen that in a junior game where a team has been shut it, out I, I, 30 minutes in. I've seen I've seen the SWAT. I, I remember the SWAT did it. Ah, to, that, that's uh, fair. I'm sh- oh, you the saw the do it to someone. It to somebody. I oh, saw the okay. SWAT doing somebody. I saw the Junior B SWAT the year before we jumped to Junior A here. Did it to oh goodness. It, of course, it was an Alberta. I think I I oh somebody's gonna hate me, but I think it was an Alberta team. It wasn't Winnipeg. Uh, but they yeah they there was a there was a solid because of course juniors three twenties. Uh, there was a shutout period and. Yeah, I, I that's the only other time I've seen that. But you're like, you're right, Cody. Like, you only gave up three goals, right? So you're only giving up three goals. I mean, we can't put that entirely on the goaltending. Uh, I think the names we see on defense, nobody really surprised. I know. Uh, I oh, I had one guy I want to ask you about that's on our defensive roster, Jake Boudreaux. He's a guy that you and I have been talking about since the summer about having a breakout season, being you know just a stud, probably the guy you want to watch the most in this team. Uh, how did Boudreaux look? How did the D look as you were in the? Uh, can I call it its nickname on this podcast, or do I got to stay neutral here? Well, I call it the saddle dump. I, I mean, the yes, that's fun. exactly what I was going to call okay, it. Okay, just, okay, okay, good. I, I yeah, just, we're fine. We're fine with that. That's okay, good. The, okay, that's not getting us canceled. But I'm going to answer your question with a question: Is five goals yeah. in your last two games as a defender good? It's terrible. It's the worst I've ever. Heard. <laughs> that's what Boudreaux's done. The last two preseason games, Jake Boudreaux has five goals in transition. Like. He can fly. He's big. He's picking off passes. He's forcing turnovers. He's got a little sandpaper to his game as well. He's not afraid of anyone. Like he has been the full package as advertised. And and again, it sucks that Barnable is going to start the season on IR, but he was very similar. Like this guy's pushing around grown men out there. He's forcing turnovers. It's not even like, oh, it's awesome. They get to learn from some of the best veterans. Like you don't learn everything in three, four weeks. They had this skill coming into it. These guys can play and they're just going to get better. So yeah, Boudreaux looks awesome and just an absolute transition weapon. Like that's what you need in Saskatchewan. That's what they were missing last year is that secondary offense that comes from the back. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, uh, how did Mike Messenger look on the dot? Uh, you were talking about the things like, like he, he, uh, you said a line during the broadcast that Messenger took his training seriously. And that already, like, 
when I when I had your chair, I can tell you, like, my man crush on Mike Messenger uh, is almost unrivaled by any other man crush that's out there, even the man crush I have on you. Um, but, like, for him to be taking his game to another level, and you mentioned that guys that can generate some offense out the back gate, that's another guy, if he's winning at the dot, if he's, like, even more of a freak than before, like... I, I that's another guy like I was I was listening to you I'm like okay we have a great rookie that's like another messenger and now we have messenger taking it to another level like I, I, I I'm excited like I, I I can't wait to see these guys I wish I was in Calgary with you I I, I was just sitting there a uh, funny thing uh the youngest wouldn't sleep so I was literally sitting in the dark listening to you while trying to get the youngest to bed so uh i can tell you though you do not make good bedtime material because you know you're you're good at your job and you kept waking her up so but stuck it out stuck it out just for you janner i'll take the blame on that one but no one of the big things and it was coming into camp you heard it as well as everyone was saying wow mess had a good off season mess had a good off season you know he is doing this he was doing that and that was just the word on the street right so then to see it in in actual game setting and it's not a scrimmage anymore this was a legitimate lacrosse game Nine thousand fans in the saddle dome felt like a regular season game he looked incredible as did some of the veterans as well. Like I thought Ryan Dilks had a good game. Kyle Rubish consistently looks good. Like there's no surprise there. Matt Beers looks an extra motivated this year. Like there was just that extra bit of, and I think it's embarrassing for the rush to say it, that they lost three games against Calgary last season. That's not Saskatchewan <laughs> rush. Like, you know, that phrase, like 100%. It, it, it is not Saskatchewan rush. Like, so for them to come out and say, I don't care if it's preseason, regular season, whatever, we are not losing this game. And you're down three, nothing at the half to find a way to pull that off. I thought that was really impressive. One of my good buddies was there in his rush gear enjoying the pregame margaritas, and I was saying, you might have cursed him. Like, I can't think of the last time I saw them not score a goal, and I was saying, Brilsy, I I think you cursed him, but uh, turns out the curse was reversed, uh, and yeah, just the names I kept hearing from you. You know, you can tell when you listen to a guy, like, like on the radio, and you keep hearing certain names, you know. Uh, I heard a lot of Messenger, heard a lot of Boudreaux, obviously. Uh, BK3, too, seemed like he had himself a decent game. And that's another guy that's a little younger that's coming up. But uh, it seems, it just seemed more solid and less chaotic than last, than than a lot of what we saw last year. Because you're right, like, this is not a team that loses three times to the Roughnecks and then turns around and beats the Mammoth twice. Like, it was just such a bizarro, weird year. And from the sounds of it, and from what I've seen at, at camp here in Saskatoon, and listening to you, and listening to our contacts in Toronto, it sounds like that extra little bit is is there this year. Bobby Kidd the third and Jared Smith looked great. Like those yeah, are guys to be excited up. about. How someone didn't pick up Jared Smith? He was playing in. You know, the while it, it was the best, I, I think as a league as a whole, it was the best senior A league over summer. Yes, Peterborough yes. won the man cup. Congrats. Go Mark Matthews. That's all I care about. But it was the best senior A league over summer. It was the most competitive. Jared Smith was great in that league. So how teams weren't kicking down this guy's door, I do not understand. And again, you got to give credit to Derek Keenan, right? Like just to find a guy like this steps in off the street and he is going to be an impact player. 
Like I'm not talking about, oh, he's going to be a nice depth addition that, you know, he'll kill some minutes here and there. You're going to notice him night in, night out. That's how impressive he is. He's not a guy you'll see once every four games. He is all over the place. He's not afraid to hold the ball. He's not afraid to get into the dirty areas. That's what I like to see from the young guys. Because I, I feel like, not that they had a bunch of young guys last season, but their contributions were all coming from veterans. And you really yeah, need yeah. that balanced attack top to bottom if you want to have a playoff team, if you want to have a championship run. Well, and again, you look at, and this is easier to point out to your point there about the veterans last year. You look at, you essentially had Church Matthews Keenan offensively. It's a little bit hard to measure defensive metrics, but, uh, you know, you look at those three guys offensively and, and the cliff you go from, you know, Matthews at 92, and I get it, Mark's one of the best players in the world, to to Ryan at 63, to Danny Littner at 42, to Jeff Shatler at 38, to Courier at 24. Like, you're right, there's not a real young push there on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and that's just easier to, you know, look at you know as i quickly record this with you than it is to do things defensively but i i mean that defense is going to win champion you look at the, the teams that won the championship that were here before and in edmonton pre previous they were you know goaltending defense and and out right like they had such like you know you had chris corbeal who we wish him the speediest of recoveries of course corb's being a great guy signs with the toronto rock you, you had a brett midsky that was there you had so much depth in that back end and and i'm starting to get that feel for it like we have that kind of depth again this year and, and it that feels a lot like 2012 that's the one yeah. thing is when i look at this roster and i look back at 2012 they went through a semi-rebuild i don't know if that's yeah. an actual term or not i probably just made that well, they, up. But like, they, they, they call they call it retooling now jan retooling, oh, okay okay the real right? retool so it's like what the vancouver yeah. canucks try to do every single offseason <laughs> or the edmonton oilers <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oil Nation's gonna be coming after you. We still got Rush fans up in Edmonton, but no, it's you know they they really reshaped their team, and that all starts off the back end. So I I think we kind of covered that in, in a sense of they're younger, they're faster, they're more motivated. But now when we look up front, it still is going to you know. You're going to have to rely on your big guns. You're going to need yep. your Mark Matthews, your Ryan Keenan, your Robert Churches to show up. Who's your X factor? If you're looking at guys on offense that you're thinking are going to be the biggest difference makers on the depth side. On the depth side, K, I'm going to give you two names. One, one old, one young. Uh, the old one I'm going to give you is Marty Dinsdale. Uh, because it. you and I, you and I have talked about how ever since this team has lost Ben McIntosh, there seems to be that that righty that gets in tight that 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 seems to be missing from this lineup. That's that's a guy that Mark Matthews is always throwing across that bullet pass, looking for the quick stick. And Ben McIntosh was that guy, and they've been missing that ever since. Uh, Marty Dinsdale has been part of this team, has been part of that core before, has won championships with this team, and he looks like he's found the fountain of youth. Like, like even, even back at camp in Saskatoon, like he's got, like, I remember when Marty was here the first time, you know, he, there was no salt and pepper in that beard. Now that beard looks like, you know, a little salt, little pepper, a little cinnamon in there. Um, but Marty's looked like he's found the fountain of youth. He's looked great. He, he seemed like you were praising him on the broadcast. Seemed like he was all over the ball uh, everywhere else uh, in terms of that game in Calgary. Uh, the young one, 
Marshall Paulus. Now, I'm interested because this is a guy you and I watched a lot at camp in Saskatoon that has all the skill, all the talent, all world skill, you know, but it seemed like you could push him a little bit. It seemed like when he got into the contact drills, like he wasn't afraid of contact. But it did seem like you could hit him and knock him off a little bit easier. So, you know, if if Paulus can make the next step and survive contact a bit better, I think he's going to be huge X-Men because his skill level is off the charts good. Like, like what he can do, how he can shoot, the openings he can find, his offensive awareness, everything about this kid is great. The question is just a little bit, again... I love seeing guys that might not be the biggest, strongest, most physical going in and 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 not shying away from the dirty areas. But I think he's got to learn to play against grown uh, grown men uh, in the dirty areas just a little bit. So Marshall Paulus is my young guy I want to watch, and the return of Marty Dinsdale, return of the Marty. Uh, okay, we got to make we're gonna have to work on our our, our Back to the Future references because you know you got marty mcfly you know turning back the clock i think there's something there janner with marty dinsdale now for you same question i'm not a, I'm not a movie guy i'm not a movie guy i know we've discussed this but i mean back to the future come on how have you not seen back to the future never have probably never will okay okay you your next time here you need to find somebody to drive you and you just need to watch the the first back to the future movie and then you will get all of the movie references I'm going to make when Marty Dinsdale takes us back in time in a DeLorean. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening at all. <laughs> you brought up Palace, though, too. And there was about half a dozen plays he made in Calgary where the crowd was just ooing and aahing. Like, their passes yeah. that young players should not be making. He's so deceptive. He's so good with his stick. He sees the game better than most players. Doesn't matter what age they are. Like, there is so much potential there. As you said, a little bit more physical. I, I want to see a little bit more intensity. And I think that's when Marshall Palace really becomes an elite forward in this league. Well, and if the intensity, I think, is going to be there. I mean, we're, you got the home opener. I mean, if you can't come out intense in front of what's going to be an electric factory at Sastel Center, really the first rush game we've had since we kind of put COVID into the back of our minds. You're gonna, there are tickets still available, but they are going to go quick, right? You're taking on the defending champs. Like that to me is the ultimate. If you want to see some intensity and drive out of a guy, that's the perfect at- atmosphere. You know, you've you've got home opener, you got the the defending champs in your house. You've got a revenge. They call it the world tour. That's that's for the record. Great marketing. I love the Metallica. I love the world tour stuff. It's awesome to everybody in the business office that does it. That's just, just terrific. But I almost want to call it the revenge tour. Like I feel like this is a team that was better than what they show, showed last year. And I've said it. I've gone on record. I've been shouting. I've been like the crazy guy standing with the with the sign at the corner, screaming, this is a better club than the record was, all the way back to last year. And I will continue to do that till I am red in the face, or blue in the face, or green in the face, I guess. So, you know, I, I think your revenge tour starts with the, def- with the defending champs in your backyard in what should be like, I, 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 you know, being around the team and living in this city, you know, I, I don't know if there's been this kind of buzz for the team for a couple of years. Now, COVID kind of, you know, knocked the window to the sails. And even when the team came back and you could come back and watch, people were maybe still a little worried and I get that. I understand that. I'm not going to criticize anybody for that. But 
seems like people are asking again. People are excited. Like I, uh, I, I gave away some tickets, you know, my season tickets I gave away for New Year's Eve to one of the guys I, I work with. And he's just like ecstatic. It seems like that buzz is back. I think we're going to see that. And, and, and I think that'll translate into a big game for Marshall Palace game one, because if you can't be jacked up and motivated for that, what are you going to be jacked up for? Scored on Dylan Ward last season. Also, another guy I have to ask you about too, because he's just an exciting player is Dan Lintner. Like you talk about that Benny Mack spot. That's the lower right. He was filling in on a lot of that. He had 26 goals last season. Do you think he can hit the 30 mark? Oh, absolutely he can. Um, and I only base this strictly off of his air guitar performances during media day. Um, I, as I came to get my headshot, some of the photos you've seen on socials of Dan Littner playing the guitar, who has no idea what he's doing with the guitar, but like that to me, and all jokes aside about the guy playing air guitar, if you're playing air guitar and joking around with the guys, you know, in front of a room full of people at media day, means you got confidence in yourself, means you're securing yourself. Also means, you know, you got a little swagger and I like that. So I think Littner and especially now, because last year teams could key on Lintner a bit because it was basically Lintner and that was kind of it. Now you got, you know, Marty McFly coming back in his DeLorean. You will get those references one day and you got Lintner there to help it help him out. You know, you got more exciting stuff and, and let's face it from the lefty side, you got a healthy Mark Matthews that, you know, kind of not a well-kept secret that the guy was playing through some stuff last year. I just, I think he's going to hit 30 and, and, and hot take spicy take as I make sure I'm ready for the camera in case, in case you're going to use this on the, on the video feed. I think Marty hits 20, maybe 30 easy. I was going to say, I don't think 20 is that crazy. Like, 20s well Shatler had 19 last year so I don't think 20 is the outrageous number to throw out there at all I don't mind that right that's well, a, no, that's, I, a, I, that's a medium spice that's like the the sweet chili wings that's what that is <laughs> it's medium medium it's, it's a, of a hot day. well and, and and so is the Dan Littner getting to 30 so today tonight we are keeping it to uh medium sweet chili maybe like the dry Cajun spice that doesn't really you know, you're, you're also the, you know, you're a salad guy. I'm, I'm, I'm the fucking fat guy here. I can make wing comparisons. So I'm, 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 I'm here for that. Yeah. You can't see my barrel on TV. Another guy <laughs> I, I got to give a, a little bit of love to. And we talked about it. I, I might've been our opening video. It might've been just in Saskatoon on the bleachers. I wanted to see a little bit more from Clark Walter. I thought weekend one, yep. he came in. A little timid's not the right word to use when talking about Walter, but he really didn't impress me as much as I thought he would after the numbers he put up in Coquitlam. But Clark Walter from week one to week four is a different player. He's out there setting really? hard picks. He's putting his stick in ribs. He's freeing up space for Keenan, Matthews, Paulus. That's what I want to see out of a lefty out there. That's what they were missing at times left here, yeah. last year is that old guy who can be a threat to score, but he's also fine playing without the ball. That's what yes. I really was impressed about Clark Walter's game. And he's still a two-way guy. He's still a guy where if he gets caught back on defense, you're not you know crying and panicking. You're like, well, that's fine. Walter can last. He can hold his own. He can go right. up against the best. Like, it, it, you know, he wasn't afraid. Oh, he's got a D up Brett Hickey. He's got a D up Tyler Pace. 
nope, not a problem. He'll be fine. You know, that's yep. what I really loved about Clark Walters' progression through four weeks so far. Well, well, that's what you want to see from a guy coming back from a major injury, right? And 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 it can take a lot. It can be a lot in a guy's brain that you know, hey, I I, I had a major knee injury. Maybe I can't get down and dirty. You know, you kind of lose that until you take those first few hits, those first few live fires. And now he's done that, and now his he, his legs have held up, and that's a great sign. Because you're right, that is another thing that they were missing is is physical. I, I mean, Benny Mac kind of used to do both, and now you know you might not have that guy, but you got multiple guys that can do multiple different things. And you're right, Walter was one of the first guys you said in Saskatoon. You're like, you got to keep an eye out on this guy. Uh, he's been injured, he's been banged up. But if he's healthy, he's going to be be a big part. So, and and I think that's having a guy like that that knows how to toe that line is going to be huge, because as you saw, the NLL you know sent us a whole bunch of videos and saying we're really cracking down on the off ball body checks this year. So if you have a way, if you can throw a pick and you can do it legal and you can do it well, that's going to be extremely valuable. Because I just I think we we might see as guys adjust. It might be like when the NHL changed things a little bit. Remember, it used to be power play central. I think we might see that a little bit in the opening couple couple weeks. But everything I saw to Clark Walter, he does things clean, and he's he's just tough. He's tough. He's got hands, and like you said, if he gets stuck in transition, uh, he, he, there's nobody flying by him. That's for sure. Well, one could wish for consistent refereeing, but it is still in my last roster note is that it is still busy up front. They kept nine forwards on their active roster, and that doesn't include Mike Messenger, who can play a regular O shift if you need. So your righty competition still continues into the early weeks of the season. As I had predicted earlier, there's still battles going on. Josh Courier, Austin Madronic, Marty Dinsdale, Dan Lintner, Robert Church. Those are your five righties on offense. They're going to get pushed here. This isn't just yeah. a, hey, you know, you're going to walk onto the roster. They still want to see who's going to step up in week one. Who's going to step yeah. up in week two? Because there's a lot of time off between week two and New Year's Eve. That's when I think we could see that number get cut down. And, and again, this is no inside information or anything, but you can't be carrying five righties all season. You know, no. eventually you're going to need to, well, maybe a lefty on the back end, depending health situations and stuff like that. But you don't keep five righty forwards. That's I don't see that happening throughout the season with a guy like Mike Messenger, who can be that number five righty O guy. You've also got others that uh, aren't too bad at the offense themselves, and Jarrett Smith and Bobby Kidd the third. But that's my only roster, other roster note. Looking at the that's like that's like a medium. Today. That's like if you know that that might be like a, a chicken sandwich kind of spicy. Not like you're ordering up. You I know, didn't the say spice, it was a spicy, spicy take though. You teed us up for something super spicy, and I mean you know vanilla. And I let, cake, I let everybody down. I get it. I, I get it. I let everybody down. I dropped the ball. It's week one. Just you wait till I get spicier. Oh, I'll make the promise. John's dropping a spicy take six o'clock to seven o'clock on the bowl pregame show. Oh, 100% you better be, I you am. better be listening to that. Two Sasky kids on the PR like seeing that. Hopefully we can see them in game action. So two swaddle them can't go wrong with that. But what what surprised Flash you? Good Hawks. I like it. 
Oh, I, I absolutely. And Wyatt Hawks is just a big, mean guy. Like, we're talking like you need somebody who's big and mean out there with the forwards. That could be Wyatt Hawks here. Uh, he, he works on his game a little bit. He could be that guy. But what surprised you from, from the rest of the league? Well, I, I think there was a couple of interesting notes as well. And I'll start it from the back end out. Aaron Bold gets released outright by Halifax. You know, I, that was, oh, wow. uh, that, I, that was an unexpected that. one. Wow. Yeah, un- unexpected. I, I think that, hey, I mean, that just shows how much competition there is out there. And everyone wanted Ooh. to talk about this goaltending shortage in the league. Well, right. there's clearly competition and these young kids have came to play. And I think a lot of it does have to do with certain leagues and teams saying, hey, we're going to use the bigger nets. We're going to use NLL rules. We're yeah. going to make our goaltenders use spoons. That's what's going to actually develop goaltenders. Other drastic moves. I don't think there was anything too crazy. Forgrave got let go in Colorado. Was curious to see if he was coming back. Sounds like Ty Thompson had a good last weekend there. And then in Panther City. And this kind of trails into another issue I had. Well, I won't get in too much trouble. But Matthew Goche is going to start the year on the practice roster in Panther City. Now, I think he's a great kid. I think he's a good player. But the way that some of the media wanted to talk about him as he was going to turn the tide down there. And even on the season preview show, yeah, if you're on the practice roster, you're not going to be making an impact in the game. That's again, I I wish that there was a little bit more done or talked about where, and I'll transition this into my other thought too. If you're doing a full half hour show on the national lacrosse league, Maybe you talk about the team who made the biggest splash in the crease in the past few years of a notable UFA signing. Maybe you talk about the team who's got three championships since 2015. Maybe you just use a highlight in there. Yeah. <laughs> Not my call. Just just saying. <laughs> There's a lot of people writing Saskatchewan off, and I have a hard time doing that looking at this roster. And I think anyone who's actually watched and paid attention would agree with that. But maybe if you're not from this part of the country, you don't care too much. I have been the guy holding up the sign that says the rush are better than the record is dating back to early last year. And I keep bringing up the goal differential thing. Keep bringing up the championship pedigree. Just, you're right. And, And as two guys who are not allowed to bet, but can give betting advice, but are not betting, I gotta make that really clear. If I could bet, which I can't, which I won't, the rush are pretty. The rush look pretty good on the championship futures, just about anywhere you can wager. Uh, they are also the straight facts. They are also underdogs at home in week number one per multiple sites. What? So uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That what? was my reaction as well. I have no say. Play now is going to drop their odds here too, as well. And, and play now is awesome. Actually, I was checking out the site too. And as you said, you know, if I was into that sort of thing. I'm signing up on play now without yeah. a doubt. Uh, but no, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how things go. I think Saskatchewan could definitely just... su- surprise some teams, home opener, home dogs. I know they lost in their home opener to Calgary last year, but they were also two and zero against Colorado at home last season. And, and like Colorado's they were great got at home. some injuries. Great at home. How are you a home dog ever? If you're the rush. Hey, I don't make these. I just saw it. I think it was Hutton Jackson that posted it. 
I should have, I, I should screenshot these things and give actual credit. But again, <laughs> it was someone on Twitter, someone I love and follow. And I just don't remember their name off the top of my head. I think it was Hutton though, but that that's what really surprised me about the season. I'll put you on a platform here. Give me one hot take West division. Let's go with standings here and it can't be oh. rush related. Give me a hot take. Who makes the playoffs? Who finishes first? Who misses the playoffs? I want to hear John go out on a limb and start some drama. Oh, God. I uh, Was I prepared for spice? Let me look back here in my notes. No, you're not supposed to be prepared. That's why I put you on the spot. I know. I, I know that's why you're putting me on the spot. Uh, I think the Roughnecks miss the playoffs. I, I, I just... I, I, I Right? San Diego hasn't gotten worse. Colorado, if anything, you could argue has gotten better as they get bodies back. Um, again, Calgary only managed to score like like if the rush offense was clicking at all and Christian Del Bianco. I mean, Del Bianco is going to be great. I my other spicy take, I think he's the best goalie in the league right now. And with the best goalie in the league, they're only 10 and 8 last year. I just the rush are going to be better. I think Panther City is going to be better. I think Colorado and San Diego aren't going to regress. And I think Calgary is the odd one out in the West Division. That was my take. And I love that you took it because <laughs> I knew we were thinking on the exact same page. I was waiting for you to say something outrageous like Panther City finishes second or something. Or like Vancouver oh, no, no, makes I don't the have playoffs. That <laughs> oh, come on. So, Vancouver's never making the playoffs. Let's be serious here. That's fair. I'll, I'll go on a crazy take because I do think Saskatchewan finishes top two in the West. San Diego's got an absolute wagon down there. They're the favorites. They're supposed to win the league. Everyone knows that everyone talks about it. You're probably sick of hearing them. I am too. But I think Vegas makes the playoffs. I don't know. I just think they scoop into that fourth oh. spot. I can't stand that the crossover's still around. I can't wait until that's gone because that crossover playoff spot we don't need to start talking about that. I'll say Vegas gets in as the number four seed in the West. I, like I don't that. know how they do it. I don't know if it's Landon Kells or Joel Watson who's going to be carrying that team. But I just think with Rob Hellier and company, Sean Williams at the, you know, running the bench there, I think they might have some sort of, you know, tricks up their sleeve to sneak in. And, because I do think Panthers. Yeah, wolf. yeah, yeah, the Vegas. Let, flu. Let's not thing. forget. Let's not forget the Ver Vegas flu. There are a lot of per diems. They're gonna die in that facility that is both casino, hotel, and arena. Like that is where per diems in this league go to die. Is that place? So I think you're gonna have. I think they're gonna have a home field advantage that will almost rival Saskatchewan's. There's and I've got flu. it saved in my drafts as well. I think I was planning on tweeting this out Friday, so you'll probably see it tomorrow if you're listening to the podcast on Thursday, which you should be downloaded on Thursdays. You better be. Um, yep. I got San Diego at number one, Saskatchewan yep. at number two, Colorado number three, Vegas number four. Don't Swap. ask for any super expectations on you know actual records, but I just think that Calgary and Panther City – well, Panther City got a little bit better. I don't think that they're over that hump. And Calgary regressed. And so I think that Vegas is going to shock some people. I don't know. I, I just got a gut feeling. I'm going with Vegas in that fourth spot. But everyone knows my Western breakdown now, if you're hearing this before you see the tweet. I, I think what we need to do now is I think we need a scouting trip to Vegas. I, I think just because you're on the Vegas bandwagon. And, and maybe, you know, because I, uh, I think Panther City jumps up and takes that fourth spot. I essentially have the same 
uh, top three as you. Different order. I will do the math on that later when I'm not figuring out doses of children's Advil to give my kids. Um, but I do have Panther City sneaking into the four spot. And uh, I, I know there are Calgary fans that are friends of mine that are going to not like the spicy take. But yeah, I, I got Calgary missing the playoffs. You have friends and, in Calgary? Uh, well, he's in... Guys? Um, in, yeah, in fairness, well, in, in fairness, the one friend in Calgary wore his rush jersey. The other one, uh, is, is my brother-in-law and the other one is a Roughnecks fan that lives in Edmonton now and does radio there. That is, that has a lot of fun with the fact that he's still a Roughnecks fan. So, uh, he will be the one that'll be definitely lighten up on Thursday. He'll be lighting up the old text line going, that's a spicy take. I hate you. And I'm sending this directly to the team. Well, we won't tell anyone that John's got friends in Calgary, but well, I even have a sister in even worse. <laughs> you did, you did, you did. You ripped him. It's all good. It was awesome to see how many Saskatchewan fans were in Calgary. I thought that was awesome in the Saddle Dome. Gave that place a little bit of life more than their regular fans. But we'll have to leave it there. Saskatchewan, Colorado on Saturday. Pre-game show, 6 o'clock. Game time, 7.30. Do not miss it. Buy tickets. You can watch us on TV, but I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot more fun if you actually go to the game rush games. There is absolutely nothing like it. For my partner, John Fraser, I'm Cody Jansen. Connect with me on Twitter at Janner on PXP. This has been another edition of the Rush Hour podcast presented by Original 16.